For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Moderno. Jihadi White will be joining me here in a minute. We're also going to be joined today by Matt Babcock of Sports Illustrated's Draft Digest. Uh, it's a great place to go for draft content already, and I think Matt's going to be uh, adding some really cool exclusive content and uh, you know insightful articles and interviews with players and some more digital content too. So Matt will talk about that on the, sh- uh, on the show here. But uh, Matt's always been really nice to us. He's been on the show a couple times. He did it the night after the draft, you know, on like no sleep. Uh, so we really appreciate him and, and we wish him all the best in uh, kind of his new endeavor here. So we'll get into that here in a minute. Just since the last time we talked, the Wizards blew a 19-ish point lead to the Knicks. They got rocked by the Bulls by 20, uh, which I didn't realize the Bulls were like a top 10 defensive team, but they certainly look like it against the Wizards. So uh, Kyle Kuzma slumping a little bit. If you listen to the pod, you know, that's been my boy, but Damn, when this dude is bad, he is really bad. And, uh, you know, he's shot himself back into games and shot the team back into games before, even after a slow start. But there's got to be some kind of middle ground there of like, hey, when you don't have it, we pivot from that and do other things. It can't be, uh, you know, live by the Kuzma, die die by the Kuzma or or whatever. So they got some work to figure out here. They play the Hawks tonight. Uh, this is an important game for the Hawks too. Like they're they're trying to keep things alive and afloat. They just fired their coach. They're looking to hire a new coach. I mean, this is a big one. So they're going to need this. Uh, and and the Wizards are going to be without Kristaps Porzingis most likely. He's listed as doubtful, and Monte Morris is listed as out. We got two tough games coming up against Toronto, who by all accounts still wants to win games, and then uh, you've got Milwaukee right after that. So this could be a rough week for our boys. So we'll just kind of keep our eyes peeled here and, and see how this goes. 
As always, we're brought to you by the official drink of the Believe in Wizards podcast, Stateside Vodka. Love those surfsides. Weather's getting nice on that 75 degree day last week. I put down probably more of them than I should have, but I was that Thursday was my Friday. I didn't have to work the next day, so why not? And as always, we're brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, with that, let's bring in Jihadi and we'll bring in Matt Babcock as well. All right, I'd like to welcome in uh, two names in the NBA space here. I've got, obviously, my co-host, Jihadi White. Jihadi, how's it going? Not bad at all, but how about yourself? Uh, doing good. Excited to talk a little Wizards here. They've been a little down since the All-Star break, so maybe we'll uh, we'll look a little further into the future here and, and talk a little draft here, too. And joining us to do that, we have Draft Digest's Matt Babcock. Matt, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. So, as I mentioned, Wizards, not the strongest start to uh, post-All-Star game play here, but... Uh, we can always, you know, as Wizards fans get excited about the draft because we seem to always be in the lottery somehow. So if the season ended today, uh, the Wizards would have the eighth best odds of winning the NBA draft lottery. So that means they have kind of the eighth worst record at the moment. Are there any players out there that you think make the most sense for the Wizards or, or you know, names in that range that they should kind of be keeping their eyes on? Yeah, I don't think there's one specific player I have in mind. Obviously, let's see what, what pick they end up with, too. I mean, that's obviously going to determine what, what their options are. Uh, and their roster, even though they're uh, you know a fringe playoff team at the moment, uh, they've got some nice pieces in place that I think they could sort of uh, you know kind of fit some players in, in into the into the mix. Uh, a couple of the guards uh, I think could be be there: Kaysen Wallace, Keontae George, uh, two versatile guards. I think could play on and off the ball and kind of give you some lineup flexibility. Uh, Jarris Walker, Walker from Houston, uh, sort of like an undersized four or five, uh, you know, very versatile uh, defensively and. Um, you know, there's a few names that kind of come to mind that, that might be in the mix if they're if they're picking in that that mid late lottery. Jahadi, anybody that stands out to you as a position of need, if if they do kind of draft for, you know, that that kind of thing, rather than best player available, would you go guard? Would you go big uh, wing? What are you thinking? I'll either go guard or I'll go four. Okay, four yeah. big with them. Um, I feel like we really need some presence at the guard, uh, some generals, a floor general more or less um, in that position. Or or we really need someone who can really score around the basket. But most of all, we have to be a better rebounding team, off, especially offensive boards. We only get, you know, we only get one chance at the one shot, one possession. So, yeah, I would either go guard or I'll go big. And, you know, I, I really like uh, Anthony Black. I do like Keontae George. Um, I also like uh K. Son Wallace, and um, I like uh Nick Smith, Nick Smith Jr. I liked him a lot, yeah. So we'll go with those. Nick's from uh, your part of the country here, too. I think he's a Bradley Beal elite uh veteran, so he's a, a St. Louis area guy. So that'd be another tie to the Wizards in St. Louis, I guess. Yeah, 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 will, yeah, will. Uh, Matt, just kind of piggybacking off that, you mentioned uh, Jairus Walker and, and Jahani's talking about kind of the bigger physical guy. I, I wasn't as big on him coming into this year's uh, season because he started a little slow, but 
Uh, he's super physical. He rebounds hard, but he's also switchable. He seems like the kind of guy that might make a lot of sense next to Porzingis. Um, does that fit make sense to you too? Yeah, it does. And I think he fits the NBA just in general right now with the way the game's going, you know, as far as being a switchable player, uh, sort of a multi-talented type of guy. And uh, I think he's an underrated passer uh, for, for being a guy that I, probably ultimately going to end up being like a uh, a four or five, even though he's probably only about six, six, but he's, you know, he's, he's a total beast physically. Uh, and I think he's got a lot of room for improvement on the offensive end. And, uh, you know, really, I think he can coexist with, uh, with a lot of players. So, I mean, yeah, def- definitely somebody I could see sliding in uh, long-term next to Porzingis. Jared Vanderbilt seems to be a name that everybody likes these days. He was a guy, you know, most people had highly coming out of high school and didn't do a ton in college. And, and now he's popular again. Uh, Walker strikes me as like a more skilled Vanderbilt type. Can do some dirty work for you as a little switchable, kind of an undersized big. Uh, but I think he probably shoots it and handles it a little better too. Yeah, I, I, Vanderbilt, I think he's a better ball handler. I mean, I, I did notice that at college a little bit, even though he played a limited role at Kentucky. He did have some point forward type type stuff to his game. I, I You know, Jarris is a, um, a good passer. I, I don't think he's going to do a whole lot off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not that it's a total weakness. I just, I don't think that's really, really his game, but he, but he is a pretty good passer. And, uh, you know, if he could, if he could continue developing his outside shooting, uh, that just gives him, you know, even more versatility. Um, you know, we can, pl- you know, really play him at the four or the five and, and kind of play him with a bunch of different players. Uh, Jihad, just going back to this two the probably two most popular names I hear from Wizards fans are Anthony Black, big six, seven kind of point forward that we talked about there. And then Kassan Wallace from Kentucky. Sort of more of that uh, defensive-minded, point-of-attack guy, uh, maybe not a straight-up point guard. I guess if you had to kind of pick between those two guys, is there one of those that makes more sense to you um, next to Bradley Beal? It's tough because I really, I really like Anthony Black. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, Anthony Black is, you know, to me, he's a, a Kuzma 2.0 almost, right? Gets downhill quickly, really can get downhill, very athletic. Um, as a he's a big body guard in the NBA, you need a big body, a big body guy who can really be physical. He to me, he's a physical player. Um, what I really like about him most is he's a Swiss Army knife, right? He can do a lot of things. You know, he's a sensational passer. Uh, to I, I feel like it's the only fault, you know, that we really can work on what you can get past. And you still, even with this, I still think he, to me with the Wizards, he should be, should be their first option is that, you know, he, he just has a broken shot, the ugly shot, man. So, um, but you just got to, you just got to Lonzo ball him, you know, just take him and work with him, work with him. But to me, he's number one. Now, um, Kassan Wallace, you say it right? Yeah, Kassan, I think right. is how they say it, right, Matt? Right. Now, now I've heard, to me, I've heard Kaysen or Kassan, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Kaysen Wallace, he's, to me, he's a solid, very solid, right? Um, Rondo Escott, West type of guard, right? He will, he's, he's going to make the right pass instead of the flash pass for the flash, instead of flashy play. It's going to be a floor general. He's definitely going to going to work, defend, defend your best player. You know, he's a, a good defender. He's going to, he's a two-way player, both sides of the ball. You know, he can spread the floor. Um, he, he can finish in the paint. 
you know, he he can get that floater off or shoe high on the, on the backboard. So they're close one and two. I think the other options um, may not be as close, but for his point guard, that's a really one and two. Only reason I like Black a little bit better because he has a big body and we can get more more scoring out of him. Out of him. But Wallace, I think you would really get a floor general, you know, somebody that coaches just a love that that will run your stuff. Uh, Matt, just piggybacking off uh, all the points Shahani made there too. I, I think they're both of their college fits are, are kind of interesting. You've got Wallace, who was kind of playing off ball at the beginning of the year next to Severe Wheeler. Now he's kind of been given the keys a little bit more. Uh, and then you've got Black, who was kind of running the show kind of as the sole initiator. And now you've got Nick Smith coming back. Like, it's just kind of interesting how their seasons have kind of gone. I think uh, how are NBA teams looking at their sort of respective college team contexts when evaluating these guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the teams are looking at, but I mean, what what I see is, uh, I mean, I think you brought up some interesting points. I mean, with Anthony Black, I mean, I watched him a number of times in high school. I saw more point forward and, you know, at a need with Nick Smith being out for the bulk of the year that they're playing at point guard, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting considering his size. I mean, he, you know, he's a legit six, seven. Uh, I mean, really could play the one, two or three uh, and just like a, a jack of all trades. I mean, he's got he's got the funky uh, shooting mechanics, as, as Jihadi mentioned. But uh, I, I don't think the shot's broken. I mean, he's a, he's a somewhat capable shot maker. Uh, that That is probably his biggest swing skill. Uh, other than that, I mean, he does everything. You know, he, he initiates the offense, leaves the break. Finishes at the hole. He's real explosive, even though uh, he, he, you know, doesn't look like he'd be this big time athlete. But he's got some pop to him. Uh, just very well rounded. And in case of Wallace is, is similar, you know, he's not nearly as big. Uh, he's more in the six three six four range. Uh, but I, I see him being sort of like a modern day guard, uh, where it's not necessarily a floor general, true point guard. Uh, but I think he's perfectly comfortable with the ball in his hands and defends everybody. He's a good rebounding guard. Uh, I, I really like all these names we're, we're discussing. I think the, the the you know I think the handful of guys we've, we've brought up uh, is probably going to be the group uh, that the Wizards would probably be sorting through. How do you evaluate a guy like Nick Smith that's a high level high school prospect and then he misses almost you know the bulk of the season uh, with some knee injuries and and now we don't even really know if he's like a hundred percent healthy while he's playing and uh, it just as a college freshman I mean how you could speak to this and so can you Matt like. Early in that year is when you kind of get those mistakes out of the way and you kind of learn through doing. And he's kind of having to do that like in the middle of SEC play. I, I just it feels like that would be a hard eval for for teams to have to make and, and understand. Is he still a top five guy? Is he, you know, a, a late lottery guy? Like what what really is the sweet spot for him? Uh, I, I think I mean, I think he's in the mix. I, I think the range is is somewhat wide. I mean, I think he's going to be a lottery pick. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit circumstantial. I, I don't think he's solidify like hey this guy's a lock to be top eight or top five or whatever it might be uh but he he's in that you know second second grouping if you will um you know and as far as you know the challenge of, of evaluating him uh this year's been tough i mean obviously he hasn't he hasn't played a whole lot he, he's coming around now uh which is helping uh but i mean this is a big reason why i i you know make such a, a concerted effort to to get ahead and, and go to so many high school events because uh, you're not not really sure what you're going to get in the pre-draft year you know and a lot of these guys are taking alternative routes to going overseas or overtime elite and G League, um, or, or they just don't play because of injuries or, or whatnot. And so, uh, you know, I try and get as many uh, data points as I can, as early as I can, just just so I can uh, kind of cut get my, my bases covered. Uh, to me, yeah. well, Nick Smith, 
he is very to me my my concern is injuries and him being injury prone but just as far as the player he is you can't deny that so you know you have to look at that I mean very long long body very creative plays very well off the ball and and I think a lot of times people don't really realize how how impactful that is a player that can play off the ball especially for if you look for the Wizards a lot of guys don't play well off the ball with the Wizards I mean Kuzma have to have the ball in his hands probably the only player who plays well off the ball is Bill um very good court vision you know especially with lobs and passes he can really really good passer so you he's still someone you need you can consider consider uh you really just have to worry about you know his, his physical you know his injuries yeah i mean i think anybody that young when you've kind of had a, a lingering knee issue for the start of the year the physical I'm, I'm sure will be uh super important for for these teams going into it before they make their determination matt do you think the fact that he and bradley beal have a long standing kind of connection and relationship factors in it all when they make these picks they've talked about how you know, Beal has a role in the decision making and they ask for his input and feedback. But do you think that at the end of the day, that's a meaningful data point for them? You know, I mean, it certainly does, doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, I, I don't see Tommy using a, you know, a mid lottery pick because, you know, he's friends with Bradley Beal. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 I think it would be a tiebreaker, I guess. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, I think a tiebreaker. I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, it, it definitely doesn't hurt. Um, yeah, with Nick, I mean, you know, if the, if the need checks out, uh, I do think he'd probably be on the higher end of, of the, this group of players because, um, you know, you mentioned his creativity, Jihadi. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And with that, it uh, gives him a little more upside. I think he's got the potential of being a little bit more dynamic than some of those other guys. Uh, and so with that with that upside, it, you know, might might get teams a little bit more excited if, if he checks out physically. We mentioned uh, shooting would be the swing skill with a couple of these guys. And it seems like this year's lottery in particular, there's a lot of guys that just if they shoot it, um, you know, the, the sky is sort of uh, the limit for them. One person the shooting is not a question mark for uh, is Brandon Miller out of, Alabama, out of Alabama. I mean, the guy is six foot nine, but like an absolute sniper. Uh, I think he's probably played his way into like a guaranteed top five pick uh, at this point and maybe even third, you know, like he's probably the front runner, I would think for three or four uh, given this point. But now there's some off-court stuff that's coming up uh, for anyone not familiar with the story, give it a Google. You can get more details here than probably we'll be able to give you quickly on the podcast. But essentially, uh, he brought a gun to a teammate that was used, uh, you know, it actually took somebody's life uh, later that evening. And it's going to come out that, um, you know, he he was directly responsible for bringing that to the person and uh, was aware of where the gun was and, and all kinds of um other details there. I don't want to get too much into the specifics because it's a you know terrible story there. But how much does this really affect somebody's draft stock, Matt? Like, is is our teams really going to be worried about something like this? Yeah, I mean, I think the concern is valid. I mean, you know, this is a capital murder case. I mean, any any kind of involvement in it is something that needs to be taken seriously. Uh, you know, so I mean, these teams, you know, and they do this anyway. They'll, they'll hire you know private investigators to dig on these kids, especially for for lottery picks. And especially for a situation that needs to be sort of, uh, you know, re researched and, and, and investigated thoroughly. Uh, and so really it's just going to depend on, you know, what kind of details they, they get out of the situation. Because, you know, I mean, I, I read some of the, um, the defense, uh, you know, is, is, is a, you know, legal team, the, their stance on everything. And, 
Uh, I think there's a possibility that it might just look a lot worse than it actually was from, from his standpoint. Obviously, the I mean, him him doing the um, the starter introduction the other day where we had to walk on, like pat him down. It was a bad look. And so, I mean, there's definitely some negativity that needs to get cleaned up. But these teams will will filter through it one way or another. Jody, does that worry you as a potential teammate? If a guy, I mean, like, are you worried about someone's decision making that if at 19 they're uh, bringing a gun to a teammate? At the very least, like maybe he didn't commit a crime, but that just seems like something you wouldn't want. Like a player wouldn't want to risk their, you know, their long term future doing and being involved in. It depends. I mean, in his situation, you know, you know what you're getting on the court as a teammate, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, just like. Just like Matt said, cert, there are certain things that you read with the defense that with his lawyers that their story kind of helps helps it out a little bit, helps the case out a little bit. But um, it's still the reputation of the team, reputation of the NBA. But as a teammate, it depends on how he's in the locker room, how he is with other teammates, right? Does does that one mistake or one quick bad decision? Is it is it just that a quick bad decision, or is it something that's just that's how he really thinks and how how because if so, that could you know mess with the team some. But if it's a team that's been if it's guys with some vets on the team, I think it's actually a good situation because if I know I'm an owner and I have some vets in the locker room. I know my vets will put their arm around him, take him under his wing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of really lightens the blow for me. It lightens the concern other than um, if it's a, a very young team and I bring him in. That's a great point. Matt, any sense for what kind of kid Brandon Miller is overall? I mean, like I've heard nice things. I've heard him do an interview. Sounds like a thoughtful, articulate, you know, young man. Any other data points there? Yeah, no, I was actually going to bring that up. And, and that's one one thing that, that sort of uh, – you know, gives me some comfort or at least open mindedness that that this might just look a lot worse than, than it actually was because uh, his reputation is good. I mean, he's, he does not have a track record of, of causing problems or being this punk kid or anything like that. Uh, you know, well spoken, nice, nice kid from my my understanding. And so, like I said, I mean, these teams will will, will figure out the whole the whole deal. And I mean, the, you know, naturally, if you're going to use a high lottery pick, you, you need to have your your, your you know. Uh, dot your eyes, cross your T's, kind of thing to you know, make sure that uh, your your owner is comfortable with with using such such a valuable pick on a player that that's got you know such uh, you know negative stuff out there in the press. And uh, but you know t- time will tell. I, I think all the information will get you know sorted through, and clarity will be be given to these teams. Chad, you played with uh, a college teammate that was this kind of wild. He wasn't doing anything like this. Not not involved in any crimes or anything like that. But I, I guess when you're on a team with with guys like that. You know, you want to be a good teammate. You want to be like maybe he just thought he was helping his boy out and had no idea what was going to happen uh, later in the night. I guess is it is that necessarily a bad thing? Like, can you swing? Can you spin that as a team? As like he was just trying to fit in and get along with his teammates. I, I'm just trying to like get a sense. I guess you got to really get the the full story first, right? right. You got to really get the full story. I mean, right? We we before we got any other side of the story, you know, it's, it's, it's this side, it's that side, and it's the truth, right? So we, first of all, we got this side first, and then we just kind of ran with it. Um, he's, from his side, he, he wasn't even there in the spot, in the, in the place, you know, I mean, just from, that's what I'm, I'm reading. 
So it may not even be his, his, you know, his gun. So I think you just got to get the full story first before you, you kind of just, we, we, we figure and figure everything out before we, you know, make a set, you know, assume. So in the end of the day, you don't know what type of teammate he is. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's a loyal teammate. It seems like he's there, he's there for his, he's there for his teammates in, in a sense, seemed like, you know, he can make good decisions on his own too, because when they were in the club, he said, it seemed like he wasn't there. So you just got to figure out, you know, what's the reputation of the kid. Like you say, they, they're going to do their due diligence. They're going to have people, you know, I've been in the NBA, you know, so I, I knew when guys was watching me, you know, I would get, oh, so, Hey, this is your rep. This is how you do. This is what the team said. You know, they had, they, they always going to have somebody, you know, private investigators watching you just, it's just how it goes. It's a, you're, they're putting a big investment into you. Um, so you just got to figure that out. So, I I hopefully I hopefully don't think I hopefully think that it's not nearly as bad as it sounds. Right. You know, and one thing too, just kind of piggyback that is, I mean, hypothetically, if there's if there's a prospect that would bring his teammate a gun with the intent that he's going to cause some harm, yeah, that's that's something that I mean, at least for me personally, I okay, we don't, we probably don't want this guy on our team. That's that's very alarming. But also too, from my understanding. That would have been a crime, right? And so, for for the fact that he's not in trouble at all, tells me that there's a good chance that this just looked a lot worse than it actually was, and that that he was, you know, and maybe it's wishful thinking on my point too. But I, I'm I'm hoping that it comes out and that he he was much more innocent in the situation than than it you know that it looked right off the bat. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, I'd like both of you guys to weigh in on this, and maybe we'll start with, um, with Matt on this one. If you're the Wizards and you've made such a concerted effort to bring in, like, high-character guys and really say that, like, we've got to have this, like, pristine image and you've got all this sort of, you, you know, basically the excuse for running John Wall out of town was the gang sign. You have the baggage with guns and, and Gilbert and Javaris Crittenden. Can you even afford like the 
the stigma that might potentially come with having another player that's had some gun issues in the past? Um, like, is that something you think that they might steer away from just because of, because of optics? Um, no, I, I think they're going to be cautious because of all those reasons. But I think uh, they're also in a situation where they can't afford to pass up the best player in the draft, right? Or at that, at that spot, they need to make the right pick. And so I think they need to do their due diligence. And uh, it definitely makes makes it a unique situation for them because they don't have as much you know room for error on it maybe than some other teams. Uh, but I mean, if, if they feel comfortable with the situation and the kid and they think he's the best player, I do think Tommy would, would, uh, would, would, would draft him. Johnny, how about you? Well, to me, it's a win-win or a lose-lose, right? So either if you don't, if you have an option to get him and you don't get him, you're going to get killed by the fans anyway, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> We're really good at that as a fan base, so. <laughs> right, so, and if something, if you get them and something happens, you're going to get killed by the fans again. But the thing is, most athletes learn from their mistakes, right? And this is a big mistake. Hmm. I don't see this happening again. Right, I don't see I don't see him making the same mistake twice, right? Even if it even if it really like like Matt said, even if it wasn't as bad as it seems, just the the optics of it. I don't see him putting his, himself in a situation where those optics show themselves again. And you like you have guys like Brad Bill, you have guys like Kuzma over there, you know, you have uh, so so. I think the Wizards, you know, like they they have to do their due diligence. They have, but I don't see them being able to even take the risk to pass that up. I agree. I, I think he's probably my favorite player I've watched this year. That's not one of the top two guys. So if he somehow finds his way on the board when the Wizards are there, I, I take my chances. Assuming nothing comes out, uh, like you guys said, you know that that makes this seem worse than than maybe it is, uh, and you hope that. Brad's a good influence. Kuzma lo- seems to love taking the younger guys under his wing. Um, Matt, you've been an agent. Jihad, you've had an agent. I got to imagine this is something that, uh, you know, your agent is going to talk to you about. Maybe there's PR training that comes or, or something that goes along with this uh, longer term that's, you know, hey, like you can't, you can't even let this come off this way, even this, you know, if that's not what that looked like. So uh, until he gets drafted, he's going to get hell. Everywhere he oh. goes, everybody's going to tell mm-hmm. him, "Hey, well, you got to clean this up." You got. He's going to hear it mm-hmm. two million times, right? I mean, it's going to be so beat into his brain, and 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 he's going to feel a certain way about it. So he, he's everything he does is going to think of twice about his reputation and his how he acts and the, the person, the character who he his character. So mm-hmm. it's going to be naturally that way anyway. Any agent that he has. That's, that's everything he harps on. Everything is going to be a a PR thing to get him back to in good graces and good in in people's eyes. So that's how it's going anyway. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and I, I think too. I mean, the agents definitely will coach him up. The, the PR people that, that will be on in his agency, uh, but then also a big part of it too is, is coaching him up. Uh, not not just for media training, but um doing the interviews with the teams i mean these teams are going to drill i mean there's not going to be a team that's going to use a high lottery pick uh and and not get to the bottom of this from Mm -hmm. a private investigator standpoint also they're going to talk to the kid directly i mean if he okay say say a team's gonna use a top five pick 
the owner's probably going to talk, talk to that player too. I mean, the owners usually step in on those high lottery picks and, and have some, some more influence. Obviously each team's a little bit differently, but uh, they're, they're going to, they're going to filter through everything uh, during the pre-draft process. And, and one thing that I, I think is, is worth noting here is that teams take this approach on players anyway. So the only difference here is that everything's just so public. I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. been, I mean, I've heard different stories of, you know, draft prospects being accused of rape and drug issues and stuff like that. These teams do very thorough background checks, uh, you know, because it, it's really, you know, when they're when they're evaluating these players, uh, it's really assessing the the risk uh, reward ratio. Right. And that there's a lot of hidden skeletons in the closet a lot of times with these players and the player, the teams need to need to figure out what they're signed up for. And so um, I don't think there's gonna be that much different of a process for these teams with Brandon. It's just it's more of, you know, one extra element of it is how much how much flack are we going to get at the press conference, right? But at the end of the day, he's a big-time player. If the issues aren't too bad, I don't think it's going to hurt him much, if at all. Just transitioning, maybe a little happier, lighter note here. Uh, didn't mean to take us down too dark a rabbit hole on, on any of that stuff, but I, I do think it's a name that Wizards fans are particularly interested in. So thanks for indulging us there, guys. Um, Matt, anybody that's a riser on your board that you know maybe you're higher on than consensus that you think could sneak their way toward the lottery uh, that the Wizards fans might not, you know, have on their radar, but should. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm pretty on par with with most of the media this year. Uh, you know, it's, it's not always like that way, <laughs> but a couple guys that that have really emerged just across the board that have come, you know, off the beaten path a little bit is uh, Taylor Hendricks from Central Florida. Uh, he he's been terrific. He's like a six nine versatile four that can shoot it. Uh, you know, fit, fits fits the game well today as, as a stretch stretch four. Um, and then Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine. A uh, real long wing. Um, you know, th- these are two guys that are getting getting a lot of buzz as is you know becoming solid first round picks. I I don't know if they'll they'll make their way in the lottery or not, but uh, de- definitely guys that that have risen. Uh, any sleepers or anything like that uh, that you know that, that we uh, not on my head. I mean, I, I, you know, I, it's an interesting draft. I, I really like the top part of this draft a lot. I, I do not like the depth. And then another thing that's hard to evaluate this draft is with NIL. Um, you know, a lot of these players, you know, in the second round will probably go back to school because, you know, I mean, if you're a second round pick, you know, mid to late second round picks, a lot of times are signed two way contracts and they probably go get a lot more guaranteed money going back to school or if they hit the transfer portal. Um, you know, so I, it's going to be interesting. It's, you know, when we, we do our, our first mock draft, um, you know, following the NBA season, it's gonna be interesting. I, it's gonna be tough to, to determine which guys I put in the second round because it's just, it, I, I don't know stick, how it's gonna. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how it's gonna unfold. Uh, Jahadi, your former teammate, uh, Jawan Howard, his son Jet Howard, is having uh, a really good season. He's another name I've heard mentioned from Wizards fans a lot. You know, six seven, six eight, really good shooter, really good offensive player. Uh, I guess just, do you think that's an advantage for for a player coming in right away, having you know played for uh, or having had a dad that played in the NBA? Would that would that rise his stock in your you know in your perspective? I guess. Somewhat of, a, of, a, of an advantage, but in the end of the day, you're going to be excessed as a player, right? I think it's somewhat of an advantage. I've seen it work only a few times, but in the end of the day, you're going to have to be the player that they expect, expect you to be or be a player that can make an NBA team. Um, I think he's a really good player. I think he's a really good player, really, and a lot, still a lot of upside. So I don't know how much... His, his father would play a, a, a part in that mm-hmm. just because just his father's reputation would play a part in that just because I think he can 
he does hold his own as a player, but um, it depends on how good you are. Yeah, but, at the end of the day, if you can hoop, somebody will take you no matter what, right? Yeah, but if you if you think about people in the draft, like you asked Matt the question about guys that may be sleepers, I think Yuri Collins is, at St. Louis University is a, a big sleeper because uh, in just an Atlantic Ten, he's leading in the leading in assist in Atlantic Ten, but he's leading assist in the entire NBA. I mean, in the NCAA. So, and I mean, guys has cr- crazy court vision to have have been. NBA scouts there to see him mm-hmm. and uh, look at him a lot. So he's he's going to be one of those sleepers. I think that they should start kind of really more teams should put their eyes on. Yeah, I think he's another guy that maybe is going a little under the radar simply because the team's underperformed and, and he's a little on the smaller side. But, yeah. you know, the Jose Alvarados and, and people like that, I don't know, maybe teams are, are more willing to take a chance on a guy like that with a second round pick or a two way or, or something uh, of that nature just to just to see if he can add some uh, facilitation to them. Matt, any any thoughts on Yuri? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too familiar with him, but I mean, he's definitely had, obviously had the great year. And, and, the, and the one thing you kind of touched on is in the league, I mean, each year it's getting like this more and more is where traditional bigs and smaller guards seem to be slipping across the board. Uh, and so generally, as a rule of thumb, I mean, we are looking at that when we're valuing prospects. And then, you know, the guys that are the six four to six eight that get you know multi-positional versatile uh defensively that those guys just continue to skyrocket which i mean i think jet uh actually fits that well being you know six seven six eight you know hybrid forward shot maker that can put it on the floor uh it just it, it just seems that's the way that the the game's going at the nba level yeah other st louis uh player that we mentioned here uh the last couple episodes is jordan goodwin and uh, he's another guy that was a little um Maybe people couldn't peg a position, so he dropped and things like that too. So um, maybe we'll get a more, uh, a little more St. Louis love for uh, for Yuri here going forward too. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, we right. actually we had uh, we had Jordan at the Tampa Bay Pro Combine, and uh, yeah, he was terrific. And he really, yeah, just kind of a neat story. Just you know, really clawed his way in. Done done a great job. It's uh, hard nose, hard nose. Yep, tough kid. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he's just a, like a good dude too. We've had him on the show a couple times, and I think that. You know, you can tell when guys like are are have the right attitude and the right mindset. So, um, shout out to Jordan. All right, just talked a little bit here about Kuzma and Brad and some of the vets on this team. You know, uh, Matt, just for for context for you, I think Jihadi and I are both of the opinion that uh, it, you know, if you let Porzingis and Kuzma go in the off season, it may be a long time before you find better guys than that uh, to replace them and. That'd be a hardcore to kind of give up on. Where are you with the Wizards team overall and, and their, their kind of direction moving forward, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine Porzingis opting out of the, what is it, 36 million? Um, I mean, with, with his injury history and all that, I, I think that'd be pretty risky. Uh, Kuzma's a different story, though. I mean, it, he's got a player option, too, I believe, right? And he's yeah. only making 13. I mean, I, I would imagine he will opt out. Correct. Um, and so might not be be their choice necessarily, right? So we'll see. I, I think... Um, with with the way things are set now, I mean, if they're wanting to keep Brad, Bradley Bill long term, I think they need to keep as much talent in house as possible. So probably need to do what it takes to, to keep that core unit in place, and then just continue uh, to develop their young guys. I mean, they, they've had a number of, of uh, you know good draft picks recently, and now they've seen them to progress. I mean, Johnny Davis needs to come around, Kisper, Denny needs to keep getting better, and, and so uh, you know, and then draft well, you know. And so I think it's sort of they're in a spot where you know they're kind of in that that middle ground where they're not. They're not total rebuilding, um, 
you know, but they need they need to kind of continue to to foster and find new young talent. Uh, with, with where are you with their sort of draft approach overall? I mean, you you alluded to it there a little bit, but they seem to be going for more of the the safe pick a lot of the time than kind of the home run swing kind of guy. I guess. Or how are you on Tommy Shepard as a drafter thus far? Yeah, I mean, I, I've known Tommy forever. I think Tommy does a really good job, and you know, I think it's it's really easy to be cr- critical on NBA GMs. I mean, a lot of it's out of your hands as far as what options you have there, you know, where you're picking, and they, you know, a lot of their picks have been in that mid to late lottery uh, type range, which uh, you know, you're, you're missing out on probably a lot of the guys you, you actually wanted, right? And so, uh, again, it's you know, the NBA draft is is a, is a tricky deal, and uh, but you know, I have a lot of respect for for Tommy and and, and his staff. Uh, Jihadi, we've talked about Johnny Davis a little bit here in our last couple episodes, just uh, his slow start. He is coming around a little bit maybe here in the G League, it seems. A couple of good games in a row, had a career-high 25 the other night. Is this normal for a guy to just start to figure it out, you know, certain point in the season? Like, could we just be seeing him, like, now getting healthy, things starting to click, that sort of thing? Um, it is. I think when um, certain players go leave college and college systems, and go into more of a free system or more of a uh, free ball type of basketball type of system. It's it's tough. Mm. Um, it, a lot of times, these college system can can make a player a little bit more mechanical, robotic. So you have to now kind of tap into your your essence of of the game of the, that you used to play before you got there, and you have to see how things go see you know that learn the players learn 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 your teammates learn how to build chemistry with them and then you can get the floor of the game i just think it took time for him to get the floor of the game and start getting himself in the floor of the game a little bit only problem to me with that is at this time when you want to transition over you got you have to be ready right uh, this may not have been a bad move for him to go to g league Right, because just so he can kind of break through that wall, it's just tough that when you see a draft a player drafted like that, the top draft, and he has to go through the wall. I mean, we all you all go through the transition. It shouldn't have been that to me. It shouldn't have been that big though. Matt, for you, I I think we always hear this is a copycat league, and there are trends and things like that. Do you think there's anything other teams are taking away from what's happened with Johnny Davis this season? Are there things they're looking at differently? Like Jahadi said, that kind of system approach coming out of somewhere really regimented like Wisconsin. Does that factor into teams' decision makings? Does that factor into your evaluation at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I had concerns with Johnny in college. I mean, I, you know, he, he really blew up mid-season last year. If you guys remember, I mean, some people were hyping him up as a potential like number one pick, and I, I wasn't quite quite there. And uh, some of my concerns with Johnny, and, and I haven't I haven't watched him much this year, to be uh, perfectly honest with you. Uh, but uh, lack of quickness was a little bit of an issue for me. He, he was more of like a power power wing, power guard at Wisconsin, which I just didn't think translated that well uh, to the league. And I didn't fully buy the outside shooting. I mean, it's definitely not something that that's broken by any means. Uh, but I, I didn't see him as a pure a pure stroke type type guy. And so, so I don't know if the, the, those have been his issues this year. But uh, Pretty those similar. Were, yeah, those are things that I, I was concerned with that kind of held me back on him. Uh, but the, the one thing I do like about him long term is he is a tough kid. I, I do think he's going to be able to figure it out on, on some level or another. I, I you know I, I do think there there are limitations. Uh, but that that mindset. Uh, does seem to be, you know, sort of the key ingredient for a guy that the stick in the league and and ultimately establish himself in some role or another. Uh, Jahadi, any 
questions you have for Matt or anything before we start to wrap this one up? How, Matt, how do you how do you feel with the Wizards as their their three punch, their top three guys, right? The, the trio, the chemistry, on court chemistry between Bill and Kuzma. How, does does it seem to gel with you at all? Is it still, or what do you see that could be that could help out? Yeah, like I said, you know, I, I honestly I haven't watched the Wizards a whole lot this year, so I'm, I'm definitely not an expert like you guys are. Uh, but but knowing both those guys, their their games uh, well, and, and having watched them for years, I, I do think they can coexist. Uh, and, and I think Beal has really improved in recent years of being a guy that can you know create off the dribble, play off the ball. Uh, you know, it's really kind of found a nice balance. Uh, and, and Kuzma is kind of the opposite of that, right? Where you you, you know in college. This guy, this guy was a four man that you know they wouldn't even let him shoot threes, and he's you know evolved into being more of like a big big wing that you can put it as a small ball for. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like both the towns. I mean, Beal Beal's an elite talent, and and Kuzma just seems to just keep getting better and better. Uh, you know, specifically on the offensive end, and uh, poor thing is just got to stay healthy, right? I mean, you know, get you know, let's, let's get him a few years where he's playing the bulk bulk of the season, and I mean, he's a you know he's a proven talent if if, if he's healthy and. Um, yeah, no, I, I do. Long story short, I do like the three. I think I think it's a talented group, uh, and I think the biggest thing for the Wizards is they need to get this draft down, and their young guys just need to keep keep getting better. Yeah, what I what I feel like what's very impressive to me is is Porzingis' first first quarters, his first quarters of the game. Yeah. I mean, he's put eighth in the league, eighth in the league in first quarter scoring, and twenty five again the other night and, before getting hurt. Yeah, and, and, wow. But after that first quarter kind of, you know, just kind of falls off. Mm -hmm. So if you can really get him to be more consistent throughout the entire game, if that'd be a major factor. And and if Kuzma can play off the ball a little bit, if he can play off the ball, because to me, he has to have the ball in his hand to score. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal scorer. But it's, it's if he has the ball in his hands. If he can play off the ball, I think it would help him his chemistry with Brad's chemistry much better. Yeah, I agree. On that Porzingis point, though, this isn't a guy that's going to get the rebound and bring the ball down the court and kind of set him out, you know, set himself up. Is that is that on his teammates? You know, they're establishing him early, but they got to keep going back to him, right? Like, I mean, he kind of can't do that totally by himself. So I think I, I hold them as responsible as I hold him, I guess. Yeah, but the, Brad is pretty, pretty much the only guy facilitating to him. Yeah, right. True. So to me, I think it is 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 to get him going early to free them up later in the game. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's get Kuzma going early. Then we have more free shots later in the game. But you can't just just ice him to the point to where he, he has 18 at, at the end of a quarter and then he get iced because I mean he's that effective. Mm -hmm. he, as long as he could keep spreading the floor, we're effective. But now issue uh, that my issue with that is we have no offense rebounding from that. From the way cool, from way Porzingis plays. Yeah, when you got your seven foot three guy, twenty five feet from the basket, it's going to be tough for him to uh, to keep yeah. the ball in play for sure. Uh, yeah, that, I, I'm totally with you there, Chahadi. I think that that's become glaringly obvious over the last couple, maybe 10, 15 games, especially that they just seem to go away from him, and he becomes strictly a jump shooter late in games. And I think they could probably uh, exploit him a little bit better to close these games out, just given the the issues that that Brad's had. Uh, Matt, any other, uh, related thoughts here, wizards wise or draft wise that, you know, uh, any, any takes here dying to get off your chest here or anything? 
Not necessarily. I mean, I'm just really, really excited for this pre-draft process to get started. I mean, I mentioned before the the top part of this this draft is is, is awesome. You know, obviously we got Victor Wembanyama, who's the uh, most unique prospect I've I've ever seen, um, and then you know Scoot Henderson right behind him, just just such a killer killer instinct type type guy. And um, I was just in Atlanta with the Thompson twins, uh, are just great, impressive kids that are that are elite athletes. You know, uh, jack of all trade types. So should should be a really fun draft and. Um, yeah, just really looking forward to kind of get, get getting it going. It's uh, almost almost my time to shine. There you go. Uh, the most important question I'm going to ask you here on the show. Uh, you just joined the team over at Draft Digest. Can you tell uh, fans a little bit more about the kind of content they could expect and and uh, what the you know look out for? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I've been covering the draft for a handful of years now, and, and, and bounced around I have my own company, Babcock Hoops, and then the last couple of years for Basketball News. And uh, I got introduced to uh, Nick Crane and Derek Parker, who founded Draft Digest, I believe, within the last year uh, under the the Sports Illustrated umbrella. And uh, a few things that that drew me to them is, uh, you know, Draft Digest covers the NBA draft all year, and mm-hmm. so do I, right? So uh, it seemed like a natural fit there. Um, you know, re- really sharp guys, and, and they have the support of, of the bigger group of Sports Illustrated and, and the Arena Group and, and Fan Nation. Um, and so, uh, really, really look forward to getting it going. I uh, we're, we're setting up everything now, um, but it, the main thing is, you know, my mock drafts can be there, my big board. Uh, I've got some of my guys coming with me. Uh, Doc Martin and Jason Felipe both have uh, 15 plus years of NBA experience uh, as scouts. Uh, Jason's in, in Bologna, Italy, so he, he's sort of our our Europe international expert. Uh, and then Derek Murray, who's been my right hand man the last few years, and is now the head of basketball for Cerebro Sports, uh, which is a, a, a analytics company. Uh, that that Mark Cuban backs. That's gonna be kind of our our group, and all of our stuff will be on a, a part of the page called Draft Digest Pro. We'll we'll get that uh, get that going in early April. Any specific content you've got uh, in the works here that you can tease for folks what they can kind of look out for? Is yeah, it analysis of digital players, content, I, writing, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what we're, we're how I'm gonna use Doc and Jason is uh, you know with them being experienced NBA scouts, uh, we're gonna start publishing actual scouting reports of players where where I assign them guys. That's that way fans can get get a taste of you know how NBA scouts actually see things, how they you know, put into a report. Uh, I'll, I'll do a wide variety of stuff of, of just overall draft coverage. Uh, and then Derek, uh, Derek's going to kind of you know sort of you know continue to be my right hand man. But now with him working at Cerebro Sports and, and leading that basketball division, uh, I really would like him to kind of you know take a, a an analytical approach uh, to valuing players and uh, kind of just you know see things through through a different lens. Uh, we love it. Look forward to listen to it as a draft fan myself. I uh, can't wait to to check it out. So, uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate the time here. Uh, good luck with everything, and we'll make sure to you know share the the link to Draft Digest and things like that uh, in the show uh, description. No, thanks, guys. I, I really enjoyed this. Okay, thanks again to Matt Babcock. Uh, Jahadi, that was our first draft talk together. There, uh, what do you think? Any takeaways from that one? Very informative. Matt has a lot of information. He, he's he has those guys, uh, all those draft guys in, in his mind like a Rolodex, for sure. It's always impressive to me how these guys can keep track of 150 different guys every year. I definitely can't. Yeah, very impressive. I uh, just want to circle back to something we kind of talked about a little bit here in the episode. It came up, um, the Jordan Goodwin contract, for anybody not familiar or hasn't seen the terms of the deal. So essentially, uh, he's getting part of the non-taxpayer mid-level exception in what they're calling like a three-year deal, but I'm putting that in air quotes. So for the rest of this season, 22-23, he'll make $900,000, which is a pretty good boost from, you know, the 250 or whatever he was making on the two-way. Uh, next year in 23-24, he'll make $1.9 million. Only 300000 of that is guaranteed. 
And then in 24-25, he would make $2.1 million, which is non-guaranteed. And the team also holds a team option for that season as well. Uh, Jahadi, my initial take here is that this is a really uh, team-friendly deal from the Wizards' perspective. It's a lot less than I would have expected uh, Jordan Goodwin to want to sign for him with all the kind of non-guaranteedness of the deal moving forward. What's your take uh, on the, the contract here? It is a lot less than what you expect that he would have signed for. But what's the alternative? Right. Right. Exactly. So what's the alternative? Secondly, it's a guarantee for the for this year and mm-hmm. it's money for next year. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a, the door the the door cracked open. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's all you want as a player for that door to crack open. So it's a good deal on the Wizards end. So sound like a football contract. Yeah, you know, exactly. Sound like an NFL contract, but yeah. it's also a good opportunity for Jordan as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I wonder if Jordan has the option. So it's just only the options un- for option. those three years is the Wizards only have the option. Right. Correct. Yeah. So, but he doesn't have the option after that next year to go to another team. So, exactly. yeah, I, I, the incentives are great in that deal. Sure. And the and, two million's not bad. Right. So if you consider the incentives, is actually a good deal. Yeah. Right. So I just I wonder when do you when do every year, when do they decide to say, hey, OK, we're, we're continuing the rest of this year. So it has to be a point in that deal to where he said by this date, then the rest of the deal goes on for, you know, it's not just you yeah. can't decide that by the end of the year. Yeah, there are key dates there where certain things trigger and I don't I don't have those handy. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. So yeah. that's good for me. If I'm Jordan, I'm saying I know it's key dates. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I think, honestly, the way he's played, I can't imagine uh, that that somebody that's been that productive, that they're not going to be willing to pay the 200 or the, excuse me, the 2 million for. I mean, I think he's performed more than a $2 million a year player. So that that seems like, you know, he's pretty likely to to live out the the life of that contract, assuming nothing goes really wrong here. Yeah, I think he it's incentive, right? It's incentive on, on his end, too. And sure. right now he's playing good enough for that deal that to to be able to take that deal and, and be able to to go further with it, right? To take the entire deal. So I just feel like he's only going to get better because you're only going to get more playing time. And that deal should be, that deal will just, you know, be guaranteed. I think by next year, when he, once he locks in that second, that second year, mm-hmm. I think the third year was, they would start guaranteeing that third year. I think so too. I think the only way maybe he doesn't see that last year is if they need to free up money for some big signing or something like that. And, and even then, but how much money is that to free up? But exactly, it's not. It's barely anything. And he's a, a really productive player for uh, he'll he'll outperform the value of that contract. I think absolutely, it, no matter what. Uh, the other thing I want to get your take on is just sort of the other uh, point guards on the rotation here coming down the stretch of that Knicks game. DeLon Wright was having an awesome game. He was uh, locking people up defensively. He was really productive offensively. And then they decided to go away from him and go back to Monte Morris, who honestly kind of got eaten up down the stretch. And when asked why he made that decision uh, to to go away from DeLon and back to Monte, Wes Unseld said it's because uh, Wright had been dealing with a quad issue. And even though it wasn't bothering him at the moment, they were worried about him potentially re-aggra- you know, re-aggravating it down the stretch of that game. That seems kind of like an excuse to me to justify a move that didn't work out. Like, I've never heard like we took a guy out that was playing well after we'd played him 20 minutes because we were afraid 
it may cause an injury to pop back up that wasn't bothering him. That just seems kind of like strange logic to me. What am I, what am I missing here? I guess. That may be a very, very, very small bit of truth to that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. A scintilla, you know, but uh, that's, that's something more to that story. Uh, Definitely. And there's some inside stuff too, you know, Mm -hmm. it's within the team that they're, they're explaining. I'm sure it depends on, depend on the reaction, you know, Um, but there's definitely something, something more to it inside. Um, Probably offensively, uh, they wasn't getting what they wanted offensively. Um, But no, it's, uh, it's always more. It's never, you know, what, 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 Team saying the media is completely different. What coaches say in the media is completely different than what really goes on in the locker room. So I don't know the truth of that. I did watch the game. And um, I, th- I think the Wizards played well. It thought, came yeah. down to the wire, yeah. you know. But and, but I, I think what I did see is the fans really got a chance to see how they can play together when they, when they have everyone, mm-hmm. right? And it was a good – it was a good first game, even though it turned out to be a loss. It was a good first game after, you know, after all-star break um, for them to be able to kind of build from, go back to the drawing board and say, okay, just this, just that. But yeah, back to your question. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely something more uh, that meets the eye. I I think fans are savvy enough to kind of like that when those things don't pass the sniff test, you're going to know. So as a coach, like, if it were the offense defense thing, even if you just said we went to Monte because we thought we'd get more offense and it just didn't quite work out for us. Like, I don't think anybody would like give you too hard of a time for that. Like you're not always going to push the exact right button. So to, to blame it on the injury just seemed or the potential of a re-injury even was was kind of weird to me. Yeah, that's weird. Because, but, you know, as a coach, you probably would have made that decision too. Hey, look we got a chance to win this game. Yeah. Monte is usually a good score. Sure. He can, he can get in the lane, you know, mm-hmm. he can get his, he can get in the paint, right. He can penetrate. Um, so maybe we can create more options with Monte. Now if it didn't work, then it's a bad decision on me, but yep. you know, I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. He's been the one that's been more able to create and manufacture offense this year. Absolutely. Up so it wasn't a bad decision. It just didn't yeah. work out. Yeah, I think I think fans can always take that. Like, yeah. hey, we did the right thing. Didn't work out for us. Uh, right. I think I think just in a vacuum, what's been tough is they had a 20 point lead in this one. They don't close it out. And it's the NBA, right? Like a 20 point lead. These teams can it's make nothing. that up in no time. But when it comes off of like right before the break, you kind of have three or four of these in a row. Also, it, it starts to feel like a trend a little bit, I guess, as a team. When you've given up like multiple big leads or it's one, it's encouraging that you can build big leads, but two, what do you do as a team to try to like get out of maybe that funk or, or to break that trend once it starts? you got to figure out what you're doing wrong first. <laughs> sure. Is that it's film the third, session? It's the yeah. second quarter and the third quarter. Yeah. Right. So you have to figure out what are, what are we doing in the second quarter and third quarter? That's just, mm-hmm. we, and we we come out the gate really hot offense. Yeah. And that's what gives us our lead. Right. Now the other team say, okay, now the, the first quarter, this all it really doesn't matter unless you you 
you keep pushing that same momentum in the second quarter. Well, most teams adjust, right? Mm -hmm. After that first, second time out, most teams adjust. What we don't do is protect the paint, right? So we lose most of the time that second quarter, that third quarter, because they're just penetrating the first line of defense at the perimeter, and there's nobody else left to uh, no second line of defense in the paint. Once that shuts down, once that shuts down, everything breaks down slowly from there. Now, we can't now just have a, a you know a scoring battle back and forth, you know, especially some with turnovers we create a lot. You know, we don't we haven't been finishing at the basket well. Mm-hmm. So we have we're we're more of a live by the three, die by the three type of type of team right now. Yeah, when Kuzma's off and he's not making his threes, right. it's, it's die by the three, unfortunately. Right. So if we if we start to die by the three, and we're giving up paint touches every time, that's that's where that's where we fall. No second, we don't get second chance opportunities at the basket. Mm-hmm. Right. Just one possession and we're gone. So those are the three big things, right? But we do come out first first quarter with a lot of momentum. We will outscore you first quarter. I The things you just mentioned there had not been the case for the whole season. And this has been sort of more so recently where the the interior defense has started to kind of, there started to be some holes in the ship here a little bit, right? And they're taking on a little water here. I, I wonder if, like like part of the reason they've been good in that perspective, from that perspective for most of the year was this bigger lineup with kind of both centers on the court. But now, like, teams are starting to exploit that a little bit more. But also, you can't play those guys together for the whole game. And I think the lack of, like, a third big to play and mix in with those guys has started to hurt them. Like, they play Anthony Gill as a backup center a lot at times. And he's, like, 6'7", you know, maybe 6'8", on a good day. And it's really more of, like, a 3-4 or 4-3 than a 5. Or they play Taj, who is a very tough player, but... He's not the same Taj Gibson we all remember from five, six, right. seven years ago. Um, so I, I just don't know how they fix that or plug that hole, just given the roster that they have. Like to me, they are missing one more front court player, essentially. Well, now in the, today's NBA, you don't have to be so so height oriented. You don't have to have a lot of seven footers out there. Yeah, sure. Right. I mean, the average five is is probably only six eight, right? So, so I don't think that's the case. I think the thing is that they stretching they're stretching Porzingis so far out, mm-hmm. right? And then he's not so now laterally he's not the best laterally, so okay. he gets stretched out. So now there's no no second you know interior defense, no second line of interior defense, right? Now he's being stretched out. He's he's too slow to get back to the basket for offensive rebounds. Um, we do need the, the four and five to be able to be versatile enough to play to guard one through five. And I just don't feel like that's the case. You have two guys out there in Gafford and Porzingis right. that really can't do that. So it, it's you've doubled down on something that all teams are going to pick on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And and I think once they, make- stretch this, once they stretch the floor on us, it's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. I think tonight's game especially is going to pick at that. Obviously, Porzingis is, is likely to miss this game with the ankle injury. He's listed as doubtful. I would imagine he doesn't play. But 
even Gafford, I got to imagine that that Trey Young is going to try to hunt him uh, and get him in space as much as humanly possible. That's what I would do if I were the Hawks, at least. Yeah, any any high IQ guard will. They're going to exploit the, your weaknesses, and they they we have more defensive weaknesses than Gafford, but it's not because of lack of physicality or lack of you know athletic athletic ability. Sure. Now with his, it may be, in you know, in that way. So with Porzingis out. It depends on who they bring in. It may we may be a little bit quicker. Yeah, I mean, I think that the problem is just who who picks up those minutes. Like, unless you play Kuzma and try to get him to be a big for the game, and he's been a little more perimeter oriented for this year. Like, I, I don't think you need to have have replace a big. But okay, who who do you? I guess who who plugs the hole when when Porzingis is out? Like, who should those minutes go to? Like, it, traditionally, it's been Tosh Gibson or Anthony Gill, and they're they're getting beat in those minutes. Um, so I'm just not sure how they make that work. Is it more Denny? Like, no, that's a good question. It could be Gill. It could be Gill. It could be it can be Taj. I think Taj still quick enough laterally, right? He's a he he has a he understands a more than just five ball. Sure. Yeah, he definitely he definitely tries to be in the right spots. I, right. I, he understands five ball. He understands. <laughs> placement he understands playing proactive it's a it's 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 not so much who replaces it because it it's more of the emphasis Mm -hmm. how much emphasis are we going to put on it because i think if taj if if you put emphasis taj can make can can do the job even though he's not the taj of old i hope you're right They're, they're gonna need uh they're going to need a couple active bodies here tonight. I think this is a tough one. They have two games after this against the Raptors. And then they got Milwaukee. I think that's a game where you want all hands on deck if you got to yeah. play and and at least to eat up some fouls against Giannis at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any other uh, parting thoughts or, or takeaways from these last two games or, or any of the upcoming games? I saw some positives. I think so. I saw some positives now. Can we can we string that together and and get over the hump and and get some wins on that belt? Yeah, yeah, it'll be big. I think you've got teams against the guys you're competing against right now. Like you said, the Knicks game that's tough playoff seating wise. The Raptors are in the mix. The Hawks are in the mix. Like these are the teams you got to beat if you want to make the play in. Like yeah, you have to. You have to. I mean, it's one game. We're still in the running, mm-hmm. but it's it's the walls are closing in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can't afford to have any, uh, you know, five game losing streaks or anything right now. Not at all. And we can't afford to have anybody sitting out at this time. Yep. When did Porzingis get the injury, the ankle injury? Did Uh, he aggravate someone? In in the sort of, I want to say late third quarter of that Knicks game. Um, So he's, uh, I I, I think he able to play through it. I just, after the fact, it kind of swelled up on him is what it sounded like. So he missed that. I, I remember he line. they hit him in the knee in a game, yeah, yeah, yeah. fell into his knee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, if he's doubtful already, at least probably means he's on the fringes of being able to come back. It's not an immediate out. So I think there's right. at least some hope there that he should be back here soon. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. 
so we'll see. Again, we've been pretty lucky with him injury wise for most of this year. So it, it would be yeah. rough to have that fall apart uh, down the stretch here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, playing with fire a little bit. Yeah, we are. Every time, yeah. You don't want to see anything. Uh, he's, he's our version of uh, AD right now. Yeah. I mean, him and him and Monte, too. And now you've got Monte out. Like, that's – you can't be down two starters and expect to keep beating these other teams. Like, mm-hmm. uh, not for long. No, you can't. You cannot. You cannot. And, unless, unless the opportunity for somebody else to come and take that opportunity, they understand it. I would love and to see some Jordan Sometimes it comes out better that way. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for at least a couple games, right? Like you can have yeah, for a couple step. of games. You're yeah. right. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, everybody, you know the drill. Like, uh, like the show, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We were presented by BetOnline.ag, and we will catch you next time. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done